Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Is it running on the wall right now on our news sites, our newspapers, our television screens? Is the coronavirus a sign of the end times? We've certainly seen plenty of panic and distress, but Pastor Greg Laurie addresses the possible spiritual significance of COVID-19. The Bible tells us in the last days there will be an increase of plagues, pestilence, or what we might call a pandemic. So these are four shocks telling us to wake up. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. It's a folly to think that the COVID pandemic has caught the Lord by surprise. He knew it was coming and he has had a plan all along for what he can do in the midst of it. In times of great pressure, it's often times when people listen to God's voice most carefully. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to see how we can bring Christ into our crisis. Glad you've joined us for this timely biblical encouragement. COVID-19 is like a storm. It's a national storm. It's an international storm, and that's discouraging, isn't it? But here's the thing you need to remember. Storms have a beginning, middle, and an end. Where we are in the storm, I don't know. You know, when I'm out walking with my wife, she has very thick hair, in case you saw her earlier when we were talking, and I'll say to her, it's starting to rain. She'll say, no, it isn't. There's no rain. I'll say, no, it's starting to rain. She'll say, how would you know that? I say, bald men always know when it's raining first, right? Because we're aware. <laughs> and, you know, yes, it's a storm. It's raining. But the storm is going to end. But here's the question I want to ask of you right now. Are you willing to invite Christ into your crisis? Are you willing to look for him in the storm? There's a story in the Gospel of Mark where the disciples were out at sea. A massive storm came. They thought they were going to die. And who do they see walking toward them? But it's Jesus. They freak out and they say, it's a ghost. And here's the interesting thing I think sometimes we miss in the account in Mark chapter 6. We read these words that as this was happening, he was intending to go past them. Picture the scene. Here are the disciples in a storm-tossed boat. Here comes Jesus just walking on the water. You can do stuff like that when you're God. And he would have walked right past them. Why wasn't he walking right to them? Because he wanted them to invite him into their boat in the middle of a storm. So here's Jesus. He'll enter in to your panic. Here's Jesus. He'll enter in to your crisis. Here's Christ. He'll enter in to your storm. Will you invite him in? Well, the disciples did. And he stopped the storm. And we need to pray that the Lord will turn back this powerful virus. We need to pay careful attention. You know when you board a plane and they go through the safety uh directions and so forth you know if we uh have an engine go out or if we lose altitude uh you know put the mask on yourself first and then in your child and your flotation device is under your seat and the exit doors are like this and they kind of gesture like that right okay i don't usually pay attention to you 
But let's just say that they went through the safety test like they normally do. And then a little bit later in the flight, the captain came over the intercom and said, ladies and gentlemen, we've lost two of four engines. We're going to go over our safety precautions again. Would you listen the second time? I think you would. Why? Because your life depends upon it. We need to listen to what God has to say. So I'm going to speak to you from the Bible. This is the only source you can trust. This is God's very word to you. I'm going to tell you a Bible story. And it's found in the book of Daniel over in the fifth chapter. It's a story of Belshazzar. You ever heard the expression, the writing on the wall? It happened when Belshazzar was king. This is a story of a man that went out of his way to openly mock God. And because of that, he saw the writing on the wall, the hand of the Lord wrote on the wall of his palace, and the words were many, many tekel you parson, which translates out to, you've been weighed in God's balances, and you've been found lacking. Or a loose paraphrase, you're a lightweight man. You have no spiritual depth in your life whatsoever. The writing is on the wall. Is a writing on the wall right now on our news sites, our newspapers, our television screens? Is the coronavirus a sign of the end times? Let me answer that with one word. Yes, it is. I believe it is a sign of the end times. Why? Well, in the Olivet Discourse, as it's sometimes called, Matthew 24, also in Luke 21, Jesus answers the question of the disciples, uh, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And here's his response. He said in Luke 21, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Listen, there'll be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences and there'll be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. We're using the word pandemic a lot. Pandemic is just a modern word for pestilence. And 42 times in the Bible we see the word pestilence uh, and it's mentioned many other times as the word plague. So plagues and pestilences, interchangeable words, always speaking of divine judgment. The Bible tells us in the last days there will be an increase of war. There'll be an increase of conflict. There'll be an increase of earthquakes. And there'll be an increase of plagues, pestilence, or what we might call a pandemic. There's coming a time to planet Earth called the Great Tribulation Period that will last for seven years. It will be inaugurated with the revealing of the Antichrist and it will end with the return of Jesus Christ. These events that Christ is alluding to in Matthew 24 are pointing to that period. So here's what I'm trying to say. We're not in the Tribulation Period yet, but this stuff is coming. But here's what Jesus did say. He said, sort of like a woman getting ready to give birth to a child her labor pains get closer together. When you see these signs getting closer together, you know my coming is there. We're seeing one event after another event in closer proximity. So these are four shocks of Armageddon, labor pains, if you will, telling us to wake up. Jesus said, when you see these things begin to happen, freak out because you're dead in the water. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. Here's what he did say. When you see these things begin to happen, look up, for your redemption is drawing near. These are reminders that Jesus is coming back again. So back to Belshazzar. He was a boy king. Uh, his grandfather was Nebuchadnezzar, who actually became a believer toward the end 
of his life. But apparently that legacy of faith was not passed on to his son and then to his grandson, Belshazzar. So as the story opens in the book of Daniel, we see Belshazzar, the boy king, going out of his way to insult God. Never a good idea. We read in Daniel chapter 5, King Belshazzar gave a great feast for a thousand of his lords and they drank wine. And while he was drinking the wine, he said, let's bring in the gold and silver cups that the Jews used for their worship of God. And he filled these cups with wine and they toasted their gods of silver and their gods of gold. So basically they're toasting all of their false gods and as they praised their idols, they saw the fingers of a human hand writing on the wall in the king's palace near the lampstand. And the king saw the hand as it wrote and he turned pale with fright. And I love this part. The Bible says his knees knocked together and his legs gave way beneath him. He called in his astrologers and all of the other guys who were supposed to advise him. And nobody had anything of any help. And then his grandmother shows up, the queen. And she told her grandson about a prophet named Daniel. So they bring in Daniel. He's 90 years old. He's been off the grid for a long time. He went off social media. Wasn't talking to anyone. He's summoned back into action. And he's ready to rock. Let me say a word to you who are a little bit older. You might say, well, I don't have anything to offer right now. You have more to offer than you realize there's a young generation that needs to hear about your relationship with God and what Christ has done for you. And you can be a voice of reason and comfort and assurance for them right now. Thanks for joining us today. This is A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California. And he's looking at a familiar Old Testament story today in the book of Daniel. His message is called Bringing Christ into Your Crisis. Let's continue. So Daniel's brought into the court. He looks at the writing on the wall. He's thinking, this is not good news. He says, okay, basically what it's saying, King, is you've been weighed in God's balances and you have been found lacking. And then Daniel says in Daniel 5.22, you knew all this, but you've not humbled yourself. You knew these things were true, but you've ignored them. Maybe you've heard the gospel before. You say, what do you mean by gospel? I know we throw that word around a lot. Let me define it for you. Simple definition of the phrase gospel or word gospel is just good news. Good news. And we could use some good news right now, couldn't we? There's a lot of bad news. Every time you turn on the news, it seems like things are getting worse. I have good news in a bad world right now for you. The good news is there's a God in heaven who loves you. The good news is you can be forgiven of all of your sin. The good news is you can find the meaning and purpose of life. And most importantly, the good news is, is you can know with certainty that you will go to heaven when you die. Let me ask you that question. If you were to die, would you go to heaven? People are afraid. What if I get the coronavirus and die? Well, look, even if you don't get the coronavirus, and most people won't, by the way, you're still going to die. Are you prepared for death? Are you ready for the afterlife? There is an afterlife and there is the hope of heaven to the person who puts their faith in Jesus Christ. And in a few moments, I'm gonna tell you how to do that, how you can be forgiven of your sin. It's good news. And so Daniel gives the news 
to the king. He says, this is not good. You've been waiting God's balances and you've been found lacking. And the king's very excited. Thank you for interpreting this writing on the wall. And so the Bible says he gave him a gold chain to put around his neck. Oh, great. Daniel says, I don't really need a gold chain right now. Keep your bling, king. And then we read these ominous words. That very night, King Belshazzar, the Babylonian king, was killed. It was too late for Belshazzar. He had his moment, but he went out of his way to mock God. Here's what the Bible says. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, you'll reap life everlasting. Have you been a mocker of God? (laughs) You know, when I was a kid, I used to look at Christians and I thought they were collectively crazy. And I used to make fun of them. But then one day I sat far enough from one of their little meetings. They had a little Bible study on the front lawn of my high school. And I sort of eavesdropped on their conversation. And though I hadn't joined them, I was listening in. And I was looking at them and they're smiling and singing songs about God. And I thought, these people are so lame. They're they're so out of it. They're so weird. And then a new thought entered my mind. They are happy though, aren't they? Then another thought entered my mind. What if they're right? I quickly dismissed it. Of course they're not right. There's no way that's true. There's no way that you can have Christ come and live inside of you and be forgiven of your sin. That's not going to happen. But then I looked at him and thought, but what if it's true? And a guy got up to speak that day. And uh, I don't remember most of what he said. But I remember one statement that hit me like a lightning bolt from heaven. He said, Jesus said, you're either for me or against me. And I looked at those Christians and I thought, well, I'm not one of them. Does that mean that I'm against God? I didn't want to be against God. And then he said, if you want Jesus to come into your life, get up and walk forward right now. And a few kids got up and walked up there and I hung my head and I thought there's no way I could ever do that. And guess what? Next thing I knew, I was there praying. That was the day Christ came into my life. I was 17 years old. It was 1970. And I've never regretted that decision, not even for a moment. Belshazzar missed his moment. He was too busy mocking God. Don't miss your moment. This is your moment right now to read the writing on the wall, if you will, to pay attention to what's happening around you. And this is the moment for you to get right with God. You say, oh, Greg, it won't work for me. I've made so many mistakes. I've done so many things wrong. Well, that may be true. But God gives second chances and third chances, and fourth chances, and fifth chances, and even more. But you must come to him, and you must believe. So we just read about how God wrote on the wall of the king's palace in the book of Daniel. There's another time that God wrote. It's actually the gospel story of when Jesus wrote in the sand. Remember the woman, she was caught in the very act of adultery. They grabbed her, they threw her in front of Jesus, and they were ready to stone her. They said, the law says she should be stoned. What do you say? Jesus looks around and says, let him that is without sin cast the first stone. And then he stooped down and he wrote in the sand. And the Bible says they left from the oldest to the youngest. So there's a connection between what he wrote in the sand and them leaving. What did he write? I don't know. Maybe he wrote the name of each one, looked at them, wrote down the sin they were committing. He cleared the room. 
Now here is this woman trembling, afraid. What's going to happen to her, she's thinking. And then he turns to the woman and says, Woman, where are your accusers? It's interesting he uses the word woman. It's a word that speaks of respect. Uh, we might say today, lady or ma'am, a respectful term. She'd been called a lot of things, but probably never had been called a lady. Lady, ma'am, where are your accusers? She says, I have none, Lord. He says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. See, it's when God wrote in the sand, God wrote on the wall and told Nebuchadnezzar that his days were limited and numbered. God wrote in the sand and cleared the room and gave forgiveness. And there's another time God wrote. It was on tablets of stone and we call it the Ten Commandments. And on those commandments he wrote, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not take my name in vain. You shall not lie. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And as we look at those commandments, we realize, man, I've fallen short. I've broken those commandments. But I'm still a pretty good person. And maybe that's true. But you're not good enough to get to heaven. Every one of us have broken God's commandments. But here's the good news. You can be forgiven of your sin. This is why Jesus came. Not to save good people, but to save lost people. He came to die on the cross in our place because we're separated from God. Granted, some have committed more sins than others, but God doesn't grade on the curve. One sin is enough to keep you out of heaven. The Bible says if you offend in one point of the law, you're guilty of all of it. But Christ died on the cross in your place. And if you will turn from your sin and put your faith in him, you can be forgiven. Have you ever done that before? If not, why don't you do it right now? An important word of encouragement from Pastor Greg Laurie. And you know, if you'd like to make a change today in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg would love to help you to do that right now. I'd love to. A simple prayer is right. In fact, I would like to just pray a prayer, and I would ask you to pray it after me right now. Pray these words, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I also know that you are the Savior because you died on the cross for my sin, and you rose again from the dead. Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you for answering this prayer, Lord. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome indeed. And thank you, Pastor Greg. And if you've just made that change, we'd love to help you as you begin your walk with the Lord. We'd love to send you something we call our New Believers Growth Packet. It's free of charge for those who've made a first-time commitment to the Lord today. Just ask for it when you call us on one 800 Well, tomorrow, Pastor Greg launches a fascinating look into the life of Moses. It's a series called Water, Fire, Stone. Hope you can join us right here, same time tomorrow, on A New Beginning. Now, for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called Bringing Christ into Your Crisis. 
Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-50-11. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.